the boys are back after a mini hiatus and we got a jam-packed episode on the island this week as the playoff race is heating up in the nfl with just three weeks remaining until the postseason begins we got a lot of football talk coming your way keep it locked we got a lot and don't forget to give us a follow on instagram and twitter for more sports news and analysis what is up friends welcome back to baller island we were away last week so we got a lot to cover on this episode not a lot happened in week 14 although we had the game of the year and then the bills also played the chiefs and what was a pretty wacky ending to yet another crazy matchup between mahomes and allen we'll get to that a lot happened in week 15 as the playoff race is heating up which is three weeks remaining so we got a lot to cover on this episode what's cracking b Man, this this uh, last couple of weeks in terms of playoff seating, it's like it's just been crazy. Some of these teams, it's just like they look totally different week to week. And some of the top dogs, too, we're talking about. It's just like you never know what we're getting week to week here. Yeah, you really don't. And it's just things are changing. The wild card spots are changing every week. The top seeds are changing every week. Although now the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers both have a game lead on everyone else in their respective conferences. However, that might change after this week because the Ravens and the Niners are facing each other. We'll get to that. I cannot wait for that matchup to have the two number one seeds face off against each other this late in the season. Going to be nuts. We'll get to that later on in the episode. But getting to some of the top headlines, what are some of your top takeaways from week 15 heading into week 16? I think honestly that that Bills Cowboys game is um, that's one team where both teams it's like we kind of take away a lot from it. I think Buffalo since they fired their offensive coordinator, um, crazy shootout kind of game against Philly. Um, they beat Casey last week and then they kind of killed Dallas. Run all over them. I think for Buffalo, it's like. They've kind of found their groove. They've, they've got, remember, like, we've been talking about Buffalo for years. Can they get anything out of their run game, anything at all? And then you look this week, and Cook goes for 175 on the ground, and it's like they're punking um, the Cowboys' defensive front. So, for me, it's like um, we kind of all know Buffalo's got uh, the talent, and they've really been below expectations this year, and they're still sitting out of the playoff race, but, like, if they sneak in the way they're rolling right now, like their their ceiling is at there with I think anybody in the league. It's just like if they can get there. So if they sneak in, that's a team. Hell, do I not want to play because they're so volatile. They could be like they could be anybody in the league. They can lose to anybody in the league. I don't want this to come off the wrong way. However, it would be a damn shame if Josh Allen and these Buffalo Bills, who are rolling right now and honestly look like one of the best teams in the NFL don't get in, and instead we get Jake Browning or Gardner Minshew in the playoffs instead, I think would just be a damn shame. And without any disrespect, because Jake Browning is balling right now, like he's actually going insane in place of Joe Burrow the last two, three weeks. And Gardner Minshew is also balling for the Indianapolis Colts. Nobody thought they were going to be eight and six, yet here they are in right in the thick of things in the wild card playoffs. But Buffalo... Being eight and six outside looking in, we knew they needed to win out here. And they had two really, really tough games at Kansas City at Arrowhead and then at home against Dallas, who just knocked off Philly the week before. We're going to get to Philly. That's a whole other topic. But Buffalo has now won two in a row. They won a scrappy one against Kansas City. They should have beaten Philly a week prior. And then they destroyed the Dallas Cowboys a week after we were thinking, oh, Dallas finally beat someone. And then this was an epic, typical letdown game from the Dallas Cowboys in Buffalo. Buffalo's now won two in a row, and they now play a Chargers team that is completely depleted at this point. And then they play the Patriots the week after that at home. And then that could also set up a huge game in Week 18 against the Miami Dolphins because, yes, the Buffalo Bills are on the outside looking in. However... If the Miami Dolphins lose their next two games and the Buffalo Bills win their next two games, guess what? That would set up the AFC East Championship game in Week 18. 
this is not this is not over yet. And I'll tell you what, there is a very high chance of that happening because the Bills play the Chargers and the Patriots, two of the worst teams in football, and the Dolphins play the Cowboys and the Ravens the next two weeks, two of the better teams in football. This could well happen, man. It could happen. So Buffalo, not only are they not out of it for a wild card spot, they are not out of this thing for the division. Which is crazy to say. For the first 14 weeks of the season, they were looking so awful. Um, and like you said, it's not even crazy to say that they look like one of the best teams in the league right now. Like, um, since they made the switch at offensive coordinator, the, the ground game is like, really, it's like, let's beat you up. And it's like totally something we have not seen from Buffalo. Like, when it comes to playoff time in, in that weather, it's like they're always throwing it. And it's not a Buffalo kind of team built for that weather. But now they're running the ball limit some of Josh Allen's opportunities to throw picks and all that kind of stuff and turn the ball over. Hold on. Now you're just using, you're getting the good Josh Allen all of a sudden too. The bills kind of remind me of the 2021 49ers who were also sitting at eight and six at this point in the season needed a game to win in week 18 to get into the playoffs. They did it against the Rams and went to the NFC championship game. The bills have that kind of potential. They got the quarterback to do it. They finally, for the love of God, it's been three years and we've been waiting for it. They finally have a run game. James Cook is balling right now. And not only just him, but then you throw in Latavius Murray, Ty Johnson. They could they could throw a few things at Josh Allen. They can throw a few different things at you in the run game, which is something Buffalo has never been able to do. And it's funny because I was saying it earlier today with one of my friends who's also a Bills fan, and I was saying... It's almost as if I think Buffalo is actually more dangerous as a wild card team than they are as one of the top seeds in the AFC because anytime they've been one of the top seeds in the AFC, they lose and they don't play well at home. Outside of that one blowout game against the Patriots, they haven't really played well at home in the playoffs with the elements. They're always blaming the elements like last year against the Bengals. Oh, it was snowing, so we lost. All right, now let's see you be the road warrior team. And guess what? If you can run the ball and go on the road in the playoffs, that is a winning recipe to win in January. If you can run the ball on the road and keep opposing offenses off the football field, because the Bills defense is playing pretty good too. And I know that we, as long as Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, we can trust them. They can run the ball. We know Josh Allen can make throws. We know he can be clutch. It almost scares me more to see Buffalo as a wild card team than I think of doing winning the division. Now, although they want to win the division, and if I'm Buffalo, I'm not scared because we destroyed Miami back in week three or four, whatever it was. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm kind of scared because we got to win one of these two games here if we want to win the division. So this is far from over, and I got to say, I, I really do hope Buffalo gets in because they have the best shot at shaking up this AFC playoff if they get in. If they don't, I don't really know who's coming out of the AFC, honestly. I mean, again, we said it a few weeks ago. We're still not going to bet against Kansas City, even though the Chiefs look kind of bad right now. We're still not going to bet against the team that's been to the Super Bowl three of the last four years. But then we look around the rest of the AFC, and we're like, we can't really confidently pick someone that is going to take down the Chiefs. But I could say right now, if Buffalo gets in, I kind of like Buffalo because they just did it. They just knocked off the Chiefs. I know they haven't done it in the playoffs, but I still like their chances against KC opposed to everyone else right now. So I, I do hope Buffalo gets in, man. It would it would be a damn shame if they don't. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against Mahomes. Um, but, like, uh, this Chiefs team is really, like, really not doing it. Like, they've, they're three and four in their last seven games. Like, and it's like, um, okay, like, you know, the whole thing with Mahomes is like, uh, now you take away – You've taken a, but like, dude, he's got like we can talk all the talk about Casey. I feel like is about the receivers, um, but no, not enough talk is about they got like a top five defense, um, which is crazy when you have a top five defense and you have Patrick Mahomes and you're still not as dominant as you should be. That's kind of the part that's sticking out to me. Where it's like um, any of the you know top uh, quarterbacks or whoever the Achilles like. It's always like, oh, my God, they didn't have the defense. Otherwise, they would have won. Patrick Mahomes has the defense this year. He's never had a defense. Um, 
But I don't know. They, the offense just isn't figuring it out. It's just like just shooting themselves in the foot week after week on some something you can't even make up. Maybe it's just Matt Nagy in the offense. Who knows? Maybe that was the problem in Chicago. Um, I want to rewind back to that to that Bills game for a second because I found it absolutely hilarious to see the Chiefs react the way that they did to a penalty that, sure, the ref should have warned Kadarius Toney. They're supposed to. But he was offside. Point blank, he was offside. Number two, to see Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. react like that. Dude, what are you doing? Like, what is this guy doing pulling a temper tantrum because you lost the game because somebody was called offside and, oh, my God, he ruined one of the greatest plays of all time. Give me a break, dude. Seriously. Because I'll tell you one thing. Tom Brady never pulled a temper tantrum like that to a referee. He would yell at his receivers to be like, why the hell were you offside, dude? You should have never been offside in the first place. That is the difference between Brady and Mahomes is – Brady would have cussed out his receivers and not felt bad about it. Mahomes is out here blaming the refs. Why are you blaming the refs and throwing temper tantrums and throwing your helmet all over the field and saying, oh, the refs did this, the refs took away this. And you know what's even more embarrassing, B, is how Patrick Mahomes treated the post-game handshake with Josh mm-hmm. Allen. Josh Allen beat you, and your first words are, instead of, good game, Josh, hopefully we'll see you in January. No, he goes, it's a damn shame that the refs took away that play. I can't believe that call. Dude, what are you doing? And then you have, uh, even this week, when the Patriots and them were playing, it was kind of close for a little bit. He's on the sideline slamming his helmet. And it's like, this is like the most, like, anti-Patrick Mahomes, like, year I've ever seen. I don't know if it's the Taylor Swift influence or what, but what's going on? Because... (laughs) We talk about, like, that's the one dude in this league that we both are, like, we've been comparing him to Brady for how long? It's like, that's the dude you want. He's not going to make a mistake. He's not going to have any of these kind of, like, lashing out where it's like you have 100% trust in him. But it's like, I mean, I still do because of his track record, but it doesn't feel like I do at all this year right now. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, I still think, when it comes down to it and you need someone to make a play, I still think Patrick Holmes is that guy. He is still that guy. However, when you go out and you be like that, I'm going to look at you differently. I am because you're supposed to be the leader. You're supposed to be, you know, the representation of the NFL. Like when people think of the NFL now, it used to be Brady. Now it's you. It's Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? And for him to go out and do that, I'm like, that is not the Patrick Mahomes I've seen for the last few years. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that was. And I thought that was, it was pretty disrespectful to Josh Allen on that part. And the Bills are going to remember that, man. They beat you and they've beaten them at Arrowhead in the regular season the last three years in a row. I know that's not the playoffs, but that means this is a rivalry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Chiefs beat you twice in the playoffs. I get that. Allen also played his ass off the last time you met in the playoffs. But when I'm looking at it, this is still a rivalry, man, because Allen has had your number in the regular season. Allen just has to beat you in the playoffs to really make this thing, you know, a, a legitimate rivalry here. But the Bills can beat the Chiefs, man. So I don't know, like, why they're and, and like you just said, the Patriots had no business playing well in that game. They really had a chance in that game to be like, that was not, if it wasn't for Bailey Zappi's interception late in that game, that kind of turned the tides, and then the Patriots go up 10, and then it got a little out of hand after that. But the Patriots hung right with them. So I don't know, like, what's up. And it's going to be very interesting to see how they do at home on Christmas against the Raiders because the Raiders are literally bipolar. Like, you never know what the hell you're going to get with the Las Vegas Raiders because one week you get them losing 3 nothing to the Minnesota Vikings. And, dude, you know what's crazy about this? And this is why I'm, I'm kind of upset that we weren't that we didn't do an episode last week because the week before, I literally said, I'm going to predict the Jets and the Patriots to have 3 nothing in Week 18. And what happens the very next week? The Vikings and Raiders beat me to the punch and gave a 3 nothing game. Never seen anything like that in my entire life. A game which had no snow, no rain, no hail, no wind, literally no elements. They were playing in the venue that Super Bowl 58 is going to be played in in February, and yet the Vikings and Raiders combined for a field goal. And then four days later, 
the Raiders dropped 63 points. <laughs> 63 points four days later on a short week. So, yes, you literally do not know what you're going to get with the Aiden O'Connell-led Las Vegas Raiders. So, guess we'll find it on Christmas. We're going to unwrap a surprise. Dude, I thought um, on Thursday, I checked my phone, and it was like 42 or 48 42 or nothing at the half. At half, and I, I literally kept refreshing my phone. I thought it was, like, glitching. Like, <laughs> I'm not even – I was like, no, nah, I, I did too. Right. And then um, it was like, wait a second. It's, it's, oh, first of all, thank goodness it happened, dude. He's gone. It, oh, they, thank God. They, they cleaned house. I don't know how long we've been waiting for that. Um, Way should overdue. Should have been done at halftime, but. Should have been done a year ago. Should have been done two years ago. Like, it's just been like, dude, it, I can't believe it finally happened. Now it's like, and they cleaned house. They got rid of everybody. So, guess they're looking at next year. Yeah, no, the Chargers, the, that is definitely an off-season discussion there. I mean, finally, that happened. We don't ever have to talk about Brandon Staley again. Um, he should be a coordinator somewhere else. I don't think a head coach is really where he's going to end up being. Um, but good Lord, it really took the Raiders to drop 63. For, for, forget blowing a 27 nothing lead in the playoffs. That's no big deal. But let's wait till the Raiders with Aiden O'Connell and Antonio Pierce as head coach drop 60-plus points on the board. And beat and beat the Chargers. Unbelievable. I can't believe we've had two games this season where we've seen over 60 points scored in the NFL. Actually kind of mental to even think about that. Um, let's kind of roll it back to the to the battle for the one seed here, where we got the Ravens at eleven and three, Miami at ten and four, Casey. We just talked about nine and five. The Jaguars went from wow, things really escalated quickly for the Jacksonville Jaguars, where if they had won that Monday night game a few weeks back against the Bengals. They would have been the number one seed in the AFC. Now they are in a three-way tie in the AFC South at eight and six. And now all of a sudden it went from they could be the one seed to Jacksonville's might not even make the playoffs. That is how drastic this three-game losing streak has been for for Jacksonville. So they're down there. Miami, honestly, I'm going to wait to have the Dolphins conversation in the new year. When we have that first episode in the first week of January, that would be after Miami plays Baltimore. Then let's talk about the Dolphins because I feel like the Dolphins have like that is their game to really be like really assert themselves as okay, you need to take us seriously. We have a chance to go to the Super Bowl this season. But if they go and they flop against Baltimore, then it's like, all right, then you're the pretenders that we think that you are. You know what I'm saying? And they got the pretender bowl this week against Dallas. The, I mean, dude, the thing is, I feel like everybody's, like, a pretender. Like, I'm not even, like, there's one team, and it's your team. There's one good team this year. That's it. You can't tell me. I mean, we haven't even talked about the NFC yet, but, like, I, agree I, don't, think that, Philly's, I don't think Philly's good. I don't think Dallas is good. I don't think the Bills are good. I mean, like, it's like any of them can beat anybody on any given week. But I'm the saying, Lions, like, The Lions are good. The Lions are good. I don't even think so, dude. They, the, they had one good game, which I thought they were going to lose this past week, but the weeks they have not played well at all they can lose to anybody it feels like if they played if they drew like uh whoever i don't know like in the in the first round i wouldn't be surprised if they lost i feel like they can lose to if they played philly four or five or something you know like who cares they could lose the lions you're saying the lions could lose to like if the lions played the rams in 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 the first game that would be wicked Yo, the I'm Rams. for that. I'm so for that. Goff the, against Stafford? Yo, I'm so the, for that. And I think the Rams will beat them. Like, the Rams are, like, scary as hell. I, that's the team in the NFC out of the, those wild card teams that I don't want to play. Yeah, remember when I said back in August that the Rams could be a dangerous uh, wild card team? Yeah, you <laughs> remember right. when I said that? I, I wasn't joking. I said, look, they have the guys there, and now – they also have a guy that I didn't even know who his name was back in August, and Puka Nakua, who's had himself a career season, and Kyron Williams, another dude that I really did not know his name back in August. That dude has become has become one of the best running backs in football. And then if Stafford just keeps doing Stafford things and Cooper Cup can just stay on the freaking field, yeah, man, the Rams are they're no slouches. Like I would not want to play them in the playoffs either. Like they, like I talked about back in the summer. The Rams, they may not have the most savviest rosters like they did a few years ago when they won the whole thing, 
but they still have that championship pedigree. And McVeigh's got McVeigh's guys. They don't like. They don't come out and they play like crap. You know, they're not like the Chargers who come out with like no energy, no like no. The Rams are seven and seven, but they're gonna come out and play hard every single Sunday. So I agree. I would not want to play the Rams, but I think the La- the Lions are not pretenders. The Lions are just, they're inexperienced. But getting to where they are right now, I wouldn't necessarily call them pretenders. Like I would still say they were a good team, but yeah, like I I, I at any Dude, point now, they could so for me, them. like you're a pretender. Like I can't see you can't I I don't have a vision at all. I can't see them winning the Super Bowl this year. If you if I can't see any possibility where you win the Super Bowl, you're a pretender to me. You're not that's that's fair. You know what that's I'm saying? Fair. That's um, fair. Yeah. Baltimore, I think is is pretty good. Um Still, like, but, like, when we're talking about, like, NFL, like, you know, every year we got five really good teams, five elite teams. It just feels like everybody, um, even Baltimore, is, like, a step below you guys. And it's, like, we kind of said it all year, but it's, like, it's really Niners won to lose this year. Like, it, it would be a real disappointment if you guys don't come through. They're all a hundred percent. I mean, I've I've said that since week one. If the Niners can't win the whole thing this year, I don't know when. They, I don't, I honestly don't know when it's gonna happen. As for Baltimore, I think we'll learn the most about them on two different instances. One this weekend against the Niners. If Baltimore can go into Levi's and knock off a Niners team that has looked pretty much unstoppable the entire year for the exception of that three-game losing streak that really I think the Niners beat themselves and they weren't healthy. Other than that, the Niners have looked borderline unstoppable. If the Ravens can do that, then I think we need to be like, okay, the Ravens are legit. Like, this team is legitimate ready. If you can go into Levi's and beat the Niners, hell yeah, I'm going to say Baltimore, they could do it. And I think they can. And now do what the, it's going to take a lot because the Niners like, holy shit, like they look, they look incredible right now. I mean, it's ever, on all cylinders. They're hitting on all, they're literally hitting on all cylinders. And the only thing is the Niners defense ain't fully healthy. That's the only thing where I think Baltimore could attack that. But if Baltimore does that, okay, I think we need to have a conversation next week. Be like Baltimore, we need to take them seriously. Number two, win a playoff game, win a playoff game. If Baltimore, if Baltimore gets the bye and they get the one seed, you have got to win that divisional playoff game and make the AFC championship. If you can do that, finally, Lamar Jackson is playing in a big game. Finally, he has got the Ravens to a championship game and one win away from the Super Bowl. They still need to do that for me to really say the Ravens are legit. They're an amazing team. This defense is top-notch. I love John Harbaugh. Like, there is a reason why they're the number one seed right now. But to put them in that category of do I think they can go the distance and be in Vegas in February, either you knock off San Fran this week or get to the AFC Championship. And I've been saying that the entire year about Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. But the good thing is, though, is they're like you're saying win a playoff game. Like the AFC, there's outside the Chiefs, who has even won a playoff game in, in the playoff picture right now. You know what I mean? Like the Jaguars won that playoff game, but you're not picking the Jaguars over the Ravens. You know what's another one? How you said uh, Lions Rams, and that'd be a cool matchup with Stafford. Like to see Stafford go back to Detroit, dude. I want that to happen so badly now. But then in the AFC, how cool would it be to see Cleveland go to Baltimore and have Joe Flacco take on Lamar Jackson, the dude that replaced Flacco, who was one of the best quarterbacks the Ravens have ever had in a playoff game. Tell me that wouldn't be a cool storyline, too. That would be sick. That would be pretty cool. The Browns, hey, when we're talking coach of the year, I don't know, D'Amico's the favorite. Oh, Stefanski like, needs some love, man, 100%. Dude, if, if he gets in and they get 10, 11 wins with four quarterbacks, basically, yeah. like, I, I mean, how like that's a pretty perfect resume. 10, 11 wins in a playoff berth with four quarterbacks. 100%. Oh, 100%. My top and, three... And losing Nick Chubb, like... Oh, yeah. that's That's been completely forgotten, which is nuts to even think about that. And the, Brown, the Browns are a good team, man. And that's what I'm saying. It takes a real damn good coach to have your team go through that amount of adversity and still be as good as they are. That takes a lot of guts. My top three coach of the year candidates right now, and I don't think it's going to change, it's going to be one of these three that win it. D'Amico, 
Kevin Stefanski or Dan Campbell. It's going to be one of those three that ends up winning the whole thing here because the Texans have a legitimate shot at not only making the playoffs, but winning the division, which is insane. And CJ Stroud is going to come back healthy. And I got to tell you, I had no clue that Case Keenum was going to be starting on Sunday. I didn't even know he was on the Texans roster. I thought Davis Mills was going to be starting in for the injured CJ Stroud. And D'Amico goes with the veteran Case Keenum. I think that's a smart move. Going with the veteran over the over the youngster in Davis Mills, I thought was a heck of a move, and it paid off, and the Texans end up getting the win in overtime. That takes a good coach to make a move like that, to put the veteran in. Yeah, I had no idea that was happening either. That was like, that's a, a random win now kind of like, we need this one, let's just go with him. You know, it was, shocked everybody, I think. Yeah, and you don't see that out of a young team like Houston, who's a super young team. You don't sit like that's a that is a game normally the Texans would lose, but yet they come back and they fought hard and they win. It, it's 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 honestly amazing to see how this Texans culture has shifted in one year is pretty ridiculous to um to say the least. But the AFC is just so you got the Ravens eleven and three, Dolphins ten and four, Chiefs nine and five, Jags eight and six. Ravens will play the Dolphins in Week seventeen, which I think is going to play. A huge role in who gets the one seed in the AFC. And then the wild card, the Browns are looking pretty good at the five seed right now at nine and five. And then you got Bengals eight and six, Colts eight and six, Texans eight and six, Buffalo eight and six. Two of those four will make the playoffs. Pittsburgh and Denver took a big step back. Both teams got blown out over the weekend and now sit at seven and seven in the AFC. Um, who comes out of the AFC South for you? Now that we have this three-way tie, I want to say the Texans so bad because I. I feel like it's been a fluffy record all year, um, but I, I think the Texans are also a little banged up. Like, ah, man, it's just a tough call. Um, if I had to pick now, I haven't even looked at the schedules. Do you know what the schedules are remaining? Yeah. So, so the Jaguars have Tampa, Carolina, Tennessee, which I think is pretty easy. Um, the Colts have Falcons, that Raiders, Texans. Yeah, no, Tampa one's a big one. That's a big one this weekend. And then the Texans have Browns, Titans, Colts. So I'd like to say the Texans have the hardest of the three, and the Jaguars probably have the easiest of the three. And the Colts is kind of in the middle. Like the Falcons and Raiders – you really don't know what you're going to get out of either one. And then Indy plays Houston week 18. I don't know why. Like they're just as good as um, these teams. It feels like, but like, I just don't want like uh, it to me. It's, it's a Jacksonville Houston thing. Like don't give us, don't give us Indy. Please don't give us Indy in the playoffs. Yeah, I I don't want to be like that either because I feel like I've been disregarding the Colts the whole year because they're just they're a random team that's just there. But you gotta give them the respect there. Like Minshew's balling. Shane Steichen's a coach that we haven't talked about at all, who's a first year head coach, and he's taken Indy, you know, and put them in the playoff race. I thought they were gonna be one of the worst teams in football this season. That's and yet true. here they are fighting at eight and six. So with, at some point running back carousel they've had. Yeah, and that, and that's the problem. Right, it's because Indy's not your they're not the, the typical savvy team like of like Buffalo or Houston, right? Is this no it, the, the casual fan can name what two players on that team? Yes, Michael Pittman and DeForest Buckner. Like, I think of a bunch of other random John random guys. Yeah, no, it's just the, it's just the ragtag kind of team. It's just put together, but they're just He's got them playing real well. That's a good call. First year head coach. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And when we're going to talk about Philadelphia in a second, because they are, uh, I mean, they're struggling in all sorts of ways um, on a three game losing streak. But then you have Jonathan Gannon in Arizona, who was their defensive coordinator last year. Shane Steichen, who was their offensive coordinator last year. He's an in indie. They've lost them both. And the Eagles are now a mess on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And I feel like this would be a good way to segue into the NFC now and talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, who have now lost three in a row. And last night's game against Seattle was mental. Seattle knocked them off. Drew Locke leading the Seahawks on a 92-yard game-winning drive at the end there. 
knock off Philly 20-17. to 17. The Eagles and Cowboys are now tied at the top of the NFC East at 10-4. and four. Yeah, I mean, dude, take in, like, catch them. How big that Niners-Eagles game was, now it's like the Eagles are gifting you guys. Like, they're just – they're laying down. Um, and, dude, it, I feel like every week A.J. Brown's getting into something – and he's complaining about something. Somebody, Jalen Hurts, just hasn't done, hasn't done much in like three weeks. Um, the big tell for me was was Dallas going in, was Dallas beating Philly, um, because we we kind of I think we're on the same page with Dallas, but like Philly, like you know that kind of exposed Philly to me. Absolutely, and they were the ones complaining when Bosa went out and said, "Oh, we have the blueprint." to beat you and then Philly got all mad at that and then what happened they go into Dallas and Dallas absolutely destroys you so Philly Philly talks too much too much trash they talk way too much trash and they need to stop because it's not helping their cause they've lost three in a row they look awful I think it's hilarious but honestly just them as a team they're not playing good football like this defense has been horrendous over the last three weeks they make a change they remove Sean Desai from the play calling and put your boy Matt Patricia up the, on the play calling duties now defensively. Offensively, they can't do anything. Jalen Hurts no, is out is there. So predictable. He is sick. Like he was little buddy was like, like you could just tell in the postgame conference, like he could hardly speak. That dude played sick. So I'm not gonna fully blame Jalen Hurts. If anything, hey, I think that's he's had, he's had a, two bad games in a row before this one. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But I think he, he's a he's a gamer for even suiting up and fighting through that in last night's game at Seattle in a hostile environment. So I will say that. However, what he said at the end was a little questionable of how he went out and said, "I don't think everyone is fully committed," and that's I think something that's big here is that is there's something bigger that's going on in the Philadelphia locker room that we don't know about. Because something's definitely going on here because to lose three in a row this late in the season, you know what it almost reminds me of? And some people, someone said, well, they kind of look like the Pittsburgh Steelers from 2020 who started out 11-0 and then stumbled down the stretch. To be honest, I thought of another team who got off to a really hot start and then also lost three in a row down the stretch. And that's the Arizona Cardinals from two years ago in 2021 who started 10-1 and and then lost like three of their last four games and Kyler went off on the sidelines and he was like throwing helmets and he wasn't talking to anyone. That's kind of the same body language I see from Jalen Hurts. Now I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is Kyler Murray. Like Jalen Hurts is a much, 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 much better leader than Kyler Murray. But the body language is kind of the same the last few weeks to what we saw from Kyler Murray that year with the Cardinals. So that's kind of what I'm seeing. It's kind of uh, weird. It's like um, cause I don't know. It's like that Arizona and even that Pittsburgh year was like, we weren't taking either of those teams seriously, right? Like the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year. So it's like when they get off to that, you know, the first, whatever, 12 weeks, we're like, yeah, that's kind of like, they're, they're for real. Like they're a contender. Um, and like, even like before this mini skid, I mean, we were, we were talking about how hard the duel was. Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills right before that Niners game. Like, that's four really good wins right there. Um, yep. And then they play the Niners and the Cowboys and the Seahawks. So that's like seven gauntlet games, right? Like, yep. you go um, four and three in those gauntlet games. I mean, like, you can't really do too much, but it's just like the fact that you lose three of them in a row after winning those ones. Um, <clears throat> and I think, honestly, the bot like, A.J. Brown to me is, is the, the guy that's just like, I've found it all season. He's just like, to me, he's the one that's just always complaining, always doing something, talking about his touches, talking about his yards, his his routes. But it's like, you know, you won. I remember earlier in the year, like they, he had two targets or something and they won the game and he was complaining. It's like, you know, we're, we're trying to win a Super Bowl here. I don't know why you're always talking about your touches. Oh, 100%. 100%. You don't see Debo Samuel talking about touches when he has one catch for like six yards and he's been told to block all game. 
Like, those are two different things here. And 100%, AJ Brown's always complaining. There's always, I, I agree, there's someone always complaining. And that's why the Eagles are so annoying. And then when they're winning, and then you have Sirianni, like, yelling and screaming on the sidelines. Like, oh, look at that. Like, it's just, it's 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 too much. And now it's like, well, now you're losing. Let's see how you how you face adversity. Like, I don't care. Like, honestly, I, I still think the Eagles are, like, I'm with you. I've been with you the whole season about Philly. I, I always thought they were beatable. I think they're still a good team. They're stacked with talent. And they're still going to be there in the NFC in January. And I fully expect the Niners to play them again. Maybe not. Maybe someone gets knocked out early. But I expect the Niners to play them again at some point. All I've been saying the whole year is, if the Niners play them again, I want it to be in San Francisco. That's all I care about. I'm like, look, then we'll we'll line it up. We'll see who's better. We'll see who wins. All right, we'll go from there. But I just wanted this one to say, we've had two at the link now. I want them to come to the Bay now. And guess what? Thanks to Drew Luck last night, it's looking a lot likely that the Niners will have the NFC playoffs run through them. And I think that's a huge, huge, huge deal. And I got to tell you, that was the first time in my life that I was rooting for the Seattle Sea Chickens. That was probably the first time in my life that I was rooting for them, man. I got to tell you, Drew Locke, I might have to I might have to handwrite this dude a, a, a Christmas card, man. A whole Christmas card. I might get you a card. Drew Locke jersey for your birthday. I might honestly, oh, that's, that's, that's too late. That's just next year. Maybe Christmas. But it's, I, I might have to literally just sign him a nice, a nice holiday card. Just like, thank you, thank you, thank you, Drew Locke for doing that. Thank you for playing like hot garbage when you played the Niners, and then play like vintage Russell Wilson on Monday night against Philadelphia. Thank you and happy holidays. So there's that with 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 Seattle. But Philly, Philly's got issues, man. But here's the thing: we're really not going to learn a lot about Philly until the next three weeks because they play the Giants twice and the Cardinals sandwiched in the middle. Those are three, two garbage well, if teams. Well, if they lose one of those, you're like, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if they lose one of they those got three. Nothing, they, they got nothing to gain, gain from them three, though. Yeah, 100%. Everything to lose, nothing to gain. You 100%. lose one of those, you lost, you lost your division, too. Yeah, and Dallas has Miami and Detroit the next two weeks. So Dallas has the tougher games down the stretch here than the Eagles do. So the Eagles will be like, okay, we have, we have three easier games. Right, we have three easier games down the stretch here. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um and that's what I'm saying. And then the, the Niners are like just rolling. They've now won the NFC West for the second consecutive year um at that point, and now only need to win two of their last three games to end the year to get the number one seed. As for the Detroit Lions, B, it could finally happen this weekend. It could finally happen. The Detroit Lions are one win away from winning their first ever NFC North division title. That's pretty crazy to think about. But I mean, they got yeah, I mean they 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 definitely been the best team in that division. Got some breaks, but yeah, it's well deserved. No question, no question. And I just I've seen so many de- I've been saying it all year long. I'm like I've seen a lot really the only other NFL team that I haven't seen host a playoff game yet is the Raiders. That's the only one where I'm like, I haven't seen them do it yet. But the Lions were one of the other teams that I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever live to see the day where the Lions host a playoff game. Well, it very well could happen in a few weeks because all they have to do is win one of these next three games and the Detroit Lions will win their first division title since 1993 when they won the NFC Central. It's the last time the Detroit Lions won a division title. So this would be their first ever NFC North championship. I think it's just is actually incredible, honestly, if they were able to do that. They play the Minnesota Vikings on the road and they play Nick Mullins and company on Sunday again. Or yeah, on Sunday against the Vikings. The NFC South, on the other hand, I mean, we know all season. I mean, this division has been a joke, but you have Saints and Buccaneers tied at the top at seven and seven and the Falcons. Lost an absolutely brutal, ugly game to the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, nine to seven. So now they fall to six and eight. They're now a game behind the Saints and the Buccaneers. And once again, I still stick to my stance. I said a few weeks ago, the Baker led Bucks are the best team in this division. Yeah, I think so. Definitely think so. Um, but I think the Falcons choked it. I think wrapped up, but they. Lost to um to Tampa, and then lose to Carolina back to back weeks. It's like 
to win your division if you're doing that. The Falcons need a quarterback. And honestly, they might need a new head coach too. Like, I think Arthur Smith is is decent. But you have got to find a way to rally your team to win some of these big games down the stretch. And if you can't beat the one-win Panthers and you're trying to win the division and host the playoff game, dude, it's not happening. And Bijan Robinson, like, do you even know how to use this guy? Like, dude gave me negative points in fantasy. Thanks a lot. Like, it was not good. And now we have Desmond Ritter being benched for the second time this season. I don't know what the Falcons are doing. They need a quarterback. They might need a head coach. And I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. This is another, this is now the second year in a row where I think they've had a chance at making the postseason. And yeah, I think you said it best. They, they choked it away. Then you have the Saints, who is just like one week they're good. And then one week they're trash. And then one week they're good. And one week they're trash. And it's like, I can't take this team seriously. They'll play Tampa Bay, not this week, but next week, pretty much for the division title, I think, in my opinion. But I just see so much more out of Tampa Bay than I do out of the Saints. I do. Like, Alvin Kamara is the only thing I can say that's good out of New Orleans. Baker played the game of his life on Sunday at Lambeau. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we'll find out what happens in two weeks, but I I do still like the Buccaneers coming out of that division. Yeah, and uh, I think Rashad White's kind of come on pretty, yep, pretty strong. Yep, he has. Yeah, good call. Um, but Baker, Baker's just like, you look in that division and it's like, at the beginning of the year, we looked in that division and we're like, we're like, how many weeks does Baker start before it's Kyle Trask, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Derek Carr's the only quarterback in that division. But like, say what we want about Baker, but like, Baker's bit is just a, like, he's a gamer, dude. That dude plays his hard out every time it feels like and it's like imagine if like the browns had him still like how good how many wins are the browns have right now you know what i mean like that's so they, true right they they keep all the money they keep all the draft capital and they you still roll with baker and that, that's a great that's a really good team right there and it's like they made a given up on him too early because they were fighting with kc he had one bad year with the shoulder and then all of a sudden he was out the league it felt like but I think it's almost like the league gave up on him a little too early because he, he's he's more than serviceable as a quarterback. I think so too, and he's had a really good season. He's had a really good season with Tampa Bay, um, and if Baker can lead the Buccaneers to the playoffs, that that would be a pretty cool story. Honestly, I mean, he came on with the Rams late in the season last year when Stafford went down, came in, played really well, and now this season he gets signed by Tampa. You're like you said at the beginning of the season, we weren't sure whether he was going to be the starter or not. We gets the job. Buccaneers, they haven't been great, but they haven't been bad. I've, I've called them average really the whole year. But guess what? Average will win you the NFC South. And I think that's going to happen with the Buccaneers and Baker. Like I said, four touchdowns, 300, 400 yards, whatever it was on Sunday. He was fantastic. We saw vintage Chris Godwin pop up. Um, and yeah, if the Buccaneers are able to defeat Jacksonville and then the Saints next week. I think the Buccaneers might have a good shot at hosting yet another playoff game for what I think would be the third year in a row. So yeah. no second year. So oh no the, the Super I guess if you want if you want to count the Super Bowl sure but the second two three years in a row whatever it is but the Buccaneers could have a chance at that um again but I think this is a bigger deal for the Saints honestly. Like the Saints it's like since Drew Brees and Sean Payton left it's like what are we doing? Just a lot of like uninspiring football, man. It's just like one of the most uninspiring teams like in the league right now. You don't, you like you said, Alvin Kamara is the only thing that's even. It's just really like I, it's painful to watch. Like they, they don't know, and it, for a team that's like in the mix for the playoffs too, like come on, it feels like they're not even really trying almost half the time. Yeah, I just I don't I don't feel like it would be deserving like if they made the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like I just don't think they've played a game this season where I've been like, wow, like the Saints look really good. Like if they you know what I'm saying? Whether Tampa, I've seen shades that where I'm like, wow, Baker's playing really good, or like Rashad White's playing really good, or this defense is but like Tampa's had moments where I'm like, I kind of expect them to lose. But then they have moments where they where they come back. Like against the Falcons, I thought they were going to lose that game. And I was like, oh, here we go. The top Bulls, Bucks game. They're going to blow another win they should have had. And then Baker leads them right down the field and they win the game. And I'm like, wow. Like Baker's actually saved their ass more times than we think this season. So 
Um, I think you got to put it there. As for, for the wild, the wild card race is pretty. I mean, we talked about it being pretty crazy in the AFC. It's pretty loaded in the NFC too because you got Vikings at seven and seven, Rams at seven and seven, Seahawks seven and seven, and the Saints at seven and seven. Falcons and Packers took a step back this weekend. They're both now six and eight and face an uphill battle to get into the postseason. But out of those four teams, I think I like the Rams odds the most to make it in. Um, Rams Saints Thursday night football this week, massive, massive game. The Rams, um, in the Seahawks, uh, it'll be it'll be crazy if you get three of those teams in. Uh, Vikings, I kind of feel kind of feel bad for because it it's like they still be in the mix with all they've gone through this year. It's like that kind of seems like a wasted opportunity, a wasted season. Yeah, and then as much as I love Nick Mullins, he's literally playing exactly the way that he did when he was the Niners quarterback. Really good stats, and then in key situations, he turns it over. And that's exactly what he did against Cincinnati. Although that was a very winnable game for the Vikings. But again, the two, three interceptions by Mullins, you just you can't do that. And that's, I think, been Nick Mullins' biggest problem. He's a good quarterback, and he's a terrific leader. But dude just cannot help himself when it comes to turning the ball over. And I think that's his biggest weakness. And that's where I find the Vikings. They're going to be fighting in a lot of these games, but Mullins just can't help himself. Like I, I, I wish I could say that Nick Mullins just needs to not play turnover football, but that's just not who he is. Like he'll, he's going to turn it over at some point. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, that's tough sledding for the Vikings there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they barely get in. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they fall right out of it altogether because Seattle's knocking on the door. And Seattle has Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Arizona. That's not a bad last three games there, whether Vikings have to play the Lions twice. So it's no, got Seattle seems better than seven and seven. Um they definitely are a little scary too. It feels like they do. They can they can hang, it feels like, with some of the top teams. I mean they beat they beat the Eagles. I mean that was that was a statement win for the Seattle Seahawks for sure. Like they needed to have that losing four in a row prior to. But mind you, they did lose to the Niners twice and the Cowboys in there. And I forgot. And then they lost the Rams before that. So, and I know Geno Smith's been banged up here and there as well, but Drew Locke really stepped up when they needed him to. But yeah, I feel like we there is a chance we could end up seeing, even though the NFC West seems so, you know, like the Niners and then everyone else. But there is definitely a possibility we could end up seeing three teams from the NFC West make, the playoffs, I think there's a there's a real shot at that happening because I don't think the Saints or the Vikings are that good at this point. Um, but we'll see what happens. You never know. I mean, someone's going to slip up at some point, so we'll find out there. Um, running out the week the week 15 scores, uh, the Seahawks beat the Eagles last night 20 to 17. Raiders blown out the Chargers by like 40 points, what it seems on Thursday. Bengals beat the Vikings 27-24 in overtime. I do want to highlight one play from that game. That T Higgins touchdown was ridiculous. It was nasty. Was nasty. Going backward, like reaching backwards. Like oh, that, that, was disgusting. that was disgusting. Like with the the game on the line, like dude, that was incredible for Jake Browning to put. Like Jake Browning's been balling. He has been balling out. Colts beat up on the Steelers thirty to thirteen. Lions over the Broncos forty two seventeen. Chiefs over the Patriots twenty seven seventeen. Dolphins blank the Jets thirty to nothing. Like what? Is, like the, the the Jets? I I don't know, man. Is is Salah gonna get fired? Like I. I don't know what's gonna happen with that team, but I feel like something something has to change. Yeah, I mean, I I like, and yeah, I knew Aaron Rodgers wasn't gonna come back. That that was all fluff. But um, I feel like you gotta get at least till mid season last year with Aaron Rodgers. That is fair. That is fair. I I do agree with that, but it's just uh, maybe you can't high. you can't blame him for having Zach Wilson. Like yeah, I you, know, you can you can blame him for sticking with Zach. You gave him no favors. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think Hackett, I know a lot of people think Hackett's going to get fired. I don't think he is because Aaron Rodgers would have a friggin' like dude would lose his shit if they did, if they fired Nathaniel Hackett before he could even touch the field as a Green Bay Packer. But I think one thing they might do, maybe we see Devontae Adams in a New York J uniform next year. But that's an offseason discussion to be had later. Browns over the Bears 20-17. to 17. What a weird ending it was to this game. That was insane. Um, Darnell Mooney coughing up 
the game winning touch, the game winning Hail Mary touchdown. The Browns barely hang on 20 to 17. Texans over the Titans in overtime, 19-16. Saints over the Giants, 24-6. Panthers over the Falcons, 9-7. Bucks over the Packers, 34-20. Niners over the Cards, 45-29. Rams beat the Commanders by 8. Bills beat the Cowboys, 31-10. And then the Ravens beat the Jaguars, 23-7. Your Week 15 winners. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with your, with your team right here. Uh, I think Niners, um, not because of what they did in that game, but having the Eagles on this losing streak, it, it's just putting you guys, setting you guys up for a better, just setting you guys up even more proper. I think you guys are the winner. The Bills can finally stand up. Two teams are about those are my two winners. I'm going to go back one week further here because we didn't get to do our week 14, 15 ones. But Joe Flacco, I think, deserves to be a winner here. I mean, Joe Flacco, to come back, he was sitting on the couch, comes on with a playoff team, and Flacco has a chance to get right back to the playoffs. I think it's a pretty freaking cool story there with a really good defense. Um, who knew? Uh, who knew that the one quarterback the Browns would need to succeed would be veteran Joe Flacco. So I think Flacco is definitely a winner. I'm also going to say Drew Locke and Baker Mayfield, winners for Week 15. Both had really big games, big-time moments in their careers. And then the Texans and Bills, Week 15 winners, both had huge, huge wins this weekend, putting themselves in position for the wild card push. Both still in contention for their division. Your Week 15 loser or losers? Uh, I got the Broncos, and I got the Packers. I think um, both yeah. both teams are kind of like, you know, putting putting a little stuff together. You know, they're both kind of staying in the mix, especially the Broncos were pretty hot coming in. They win this one. They set themselves up kind of nice for a wild card spot. Um, and same thing with the Packers. It was like they were right in the mix. You win this game, 7-7, seven and seven, still in the mix. Um, but last two weeks, you lost to the Giants and you lost to the Bucks. You were sitting at 6-6 six and six before that. You said Giants and the Bucks back-to-back after beating – the Chargers, Lions, and Chiefs, three straight weeks. Um, and so it's like, you know, you just kind of – both teams, you just played yourselves. You had your chances, messed them up, that, there goes your seasons, I think. Yeah, it's been an epic roller coaster ride in Green Bay and Denver, especially Denver. Um, my Week 15 losers, I'm going to go three teams here. The Chargers, Falcons, and Jaguars just – Brutal. I mean, the Jaguars losing yep. three in a row to go from one seed to now being in a three-way tie. The Falcons, you talked about it earlier, really just choked away their shot at the NFC South. And the Chargers, I mean, just has been an absolutely disastrous season altogether for them, which has now transpired in Brandon Staley finally being fired. I'm also going to say Darnell Mooney, unfortunately, as a Week 15 loser. Because how are you going to cough that up, man? The ball was right in your hands. You could have been a hero in Chicago and you fumbled it away. And Cleveland end up, Cleveland ends up getting the win there. And then also, my loser from a week ago, week 14, is every single person that was in attendance for the Vikings-Raiders game, you are a week 14 loser on that note. So... Let's get to it. Week 16 predictions. We got football on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we got something going on almost every day. It's great. Big game in the NFC wildcard race on Thursday night. The Saints visit the Rams at SoFi. Yeah, Rams are are a much better team. I I got the Rams here, 21-17. I agree. Rams playing good football right now. Give me the Rams by three, 24-21 over the Saints. Saturday doubleheader. Bengals at the Steelers. Mason Rudolph will get the start for Pittsburgh. Feels like a long time ago we are talking about the Steelers being in the mix, but um, I got the Bengals here. Keep it rolling. 24-13. The Bengals are the better team here. They're playing the better football, but Pittsburgh's at home, and Mike Tomlin's team, I know they're not playing good football right now, but this seems like a game where they're going to fight hard, and they're going to grind it out at home. It's going to be cold, grimy, Pittsburgh kind of football. Give me the Steelers, 20-17. to 17. They're just a never-say-die team. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think so. But like I said, they're just a never-say-die team. Give me the Steelers by 3, 2017. Buffalo at the Chargers. I said, give me the Chargers in the interim head coaching game after kind of deal. Uh, kill the Bills streak. Give me the, give me the Chargers, 28-21. You're kidding me, right? 
Nope. Are you serious? I'm speaking it into existence. Oh, my God. I don't even know who the Chargers interim coach is. I don't even know who's starting a quarterback for the Chargers. Are you kidding me? Hell no. Give me Buffalo. They're rolling right now. They're going to trample the Chargers 33-14. No way. I can't, there's no way I can see that. If that happens, Buffalo deserves to not make the postseason. All right, Sunday, Christmas Eve games, the early slate. Lions have a chance at making history, winning their first division title in 30 years. Can they do it in Minnesota? Yep, they'll take care of business. Uh, I got them 23-20. I think the Lions will as well. I think, again, I, I want to take the Vikings in an upset here, but I just don't think they are going to get it done. Give me the Lions, and for once, the Ford family can celebrate a division championship. What a moment that will be. I can't wait to see that. Lions 27-24. Browns-Texans, huge game in the AFC. Yeah, the Browns here. Um, Texans up. I think the Browns team is a little too physical. Um, there's just a, it's a vet team versus a young team. Give me the Browns, um, 21-17. Yeah, the Texans are definitely banged up. However, CJ Stroud is going to be back. I think Nico Collins might be back as well. I'm sensing letdown game for Cleveland. It's at Houston. Give me the Texans, 26-23. Colts at the Falcons, another huge game with playoff implications. Yeah, I'm going with the Falcons here. I think the uh, uh, it just doesn't make sense for the Colts to be 9-6. Um, let me take the Falcons, 17-13. This is, the Colts-Falcons is the battle of elite backup quarterbacks. That it is the backup bowl between Gardner Minshew, who is just the never-say-die backup quarterback journeyman for different teams, against Taylor Heineke, the other elite journeyman backup quarterback. Who wins this game? Give me the Colts over Atlanta 24-17, basically putting a fork in the Falcons' season. Seahawks-Titans. Uh, I got the Seahawks in this one. This is going to be another ugly game. Uh, I got them 23-13. Yeah, give me Seattle as well over Tennessee 26-20. Drew Locke keeps it rolling. Packers-Panthers. Uh, Packers win. Too late, though. They're, they're, they kind of cost themselves already. Packers win. 13-7. Yeah, unfortunately, my Jordan Love hype train, I think, has come to a stop, but I think they beat Carolina 23-10. to Commanders-Jets. Woo, what a, man, what a game this is going to be. Yep, uh, Commanders on this one, 21-14. And just can't get enough of this one. I mean, it's just Sam Howell, Zach Wilson. I mean, whew, fireworks all over the place here. Give me the Commanders over the Jets, 17-14. Cardinals, Bears, another snooze fest. Uh, Bears, 24-20. You know what's actually funny here, even though both of these teams suck, is that the Bears are actually not bad, and they've actually played some exciting games. And the Cardinals are actually the kind of the same. The record is garbage, but they actually play decent football. So you never know. Mm -hmm. This game actually might not be bad. I'll take the Cardinals on the road, 21-17. Jaguars, Buccaneers, huge game for both big squads. Game. Big game, big game. Um, I'm going to take the Jags in this one. Even though I think Tampa is more deserving, I'm going to take the Jags uh, off of field goal, 26-23. Yeah, Tampa is playing the better football right now, but I'm sensing a letdown game for Baker and the Bucks. So give me Jacksonville, 29-24. And I think Doug Peterson, he, he's going to have his guys ready. I mean, he knows, like, they need to play with some urgency, and I think that they will. So give me the Jags by five. The Pretender Bowl at Hard Rock Stadium between the Cowboys and the Dolphins. I think the Cowboys bounce back here. Um Cowboys win 28-23. Dolphins can't lose this game, man. I mean, neither can the Cowboys. Like, both teams, this is a must-win game for both. I th I just think the Dolphins, I really want to believe in this squad. And I think that they will get the job done over Dallas barely, 34-31, and what I hope would be a shootout. All right, Christmas Eve. Here we go, B. Patriots, Broncos. Um, Broncos. 1710. <laughs> We're yeah. getting closer. Hey, that Panthers win was big for us last week. That that is true. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah, I'll take the Broncos as well in a snooze fest. 1613. Christmas Day, Raiders Chiefs. Give me the Raiders, keeping it rolling. Oh, no way. Give me the Raiders. 2117 Raiders. <laughs> this that would be epic. 
if the if Antonio Pierce, honestly, I, I would just give him the contract dead. If if he actually knocks off the Chiefs at Arrowhead on Christmas, if I'm Mark Davis, I will literally just I'll I will literally have the contract ready and inked up like as as the game is going on. Um, I just can't see that happening, man. I think the Raiders might keep it close for a bit, but nah, I can't do that. Chiefs 31-17. But I, if the Raiders do win that game, that would be legendary. Giants-Eagles. Eagles, but it's ugly. 2014. We're not going to take Tommy, Tommy DeVito? It's... Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eagles. Eagles will get back. They'll get their mojo back in this one, 30-16. And then here we go. Here we go. The saving the best for last. 11 and 3 Baltimore against 11 and 3 San Francisco. What a game this should be. Monday night. Who you got? Uh, I got your Niners. I got your Niners 35 28. Um, although I'm kind of like, don't, I'm not saying this against you, but I kind of hope the rape, if the Ravens win, it's going to add some more flair for me for this season. And I'm going to be able to take more teams. Like, I'm going to take them serious. So, for entertainment's sake, I kind of hope the Ravens win, but I think the Niners, Niners are going to win this one. I'm going to take the Niners here, 30-27. to 27. The thing here is, again, thanks to Seattle's win last night, I'm no longer sweating buckets over this game where I'm like, oh my God, if the Niners lose this game, we might lose the one seed altogether. Now the Niners have a little bit of breathing room for the one seed. Therefore, I can go into this game, and if the Niners lose, it's not the end of the world. So... I'm okay with that. So I'm okay. If the Ravens do upset the Niners, I'm not mad at that. But if the Niners are able to beat Baltimore, the one seed is basically set in stone for San Francisco. So having said that, of course, if Baltimore wins, man, I mean, I I want anybody but Kansas City to get the number one seed. Literally anybody. Miami or Baltimore, one of you two has got to do it. Please let one of you do it and and get the number one seed because I want the Chiefs to go on the road in the postseason. Like I said, like that needs to happen for once. So we'll see how that happens. But yeah, I just think the Niners are playing too good. Brock Purdy. And let's, let's, let's end this episode by talking about Brock Purdy here, because can people shut up now? Like, I don't think people will ever shut up about, Oh, he's this and that. And any other quarterback would be good. I feel like everybody who's just talking this shit about Brock Purdy being a system guy and a game manager. You're just saying that for clicks at this point. Like, watch the games, because no other quarterback... The Niners have never had a gunslinger at quarterback since maybe Jeff Garcia in the early 2000s. Brock Purdy is slinging this ball, making throws that I have not seen, at least in my lifetime. I've not seen a 49ers quarterback sling the rock around like he does. If you watch that game against Arizona, he made two throws where I was like, holy shit. Like, Brock does some things where you're like, a kid like him who is the last pick in the draft, should not make plays like he does. This kid is unreal. We're dropping 30, 40 points a game. I know we have Christian McCaffrey. I know we have D.J. Samuel. I get all that. But I've never seen another quarterback be able to do what Brock's doing with this team and with this offense. It's simply amazing. This dude is worthy of being the MVP. I'm still giving it to McCaffrey over him. Oh, 100% I would give it to Christian. Honestly, I actually hope Christian McCaffrey wins it for many reasons. Hey, but one, one because thing, the one thing that should not happen this year, this should be the one year we don't get a quarterback. Quarterback. Agreed. I 100% agree. I'm more saying like Brock Purdy's deserving of the MVP. I honestly hope it gets to McCaffrey because it should be more than a quarterback award or even Tyreek, man. Give it to Tyreek Hill. He might get the 2,000 yards. Like that's insanity. But I'm just trying to say like just prove a point here where people are like, oh, he's undeserving. It's like, Watch the film, watch the games. This kid is doing some things that, like, I've literally seen it since the minute he touched the field. And I can say that because I was literally the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan as a Niners fan. We're like, we need Jimmy to win games. Now that I've seen Brock Purdy play, I'm like, yo, I now see what everyone was talking about with Jimmy G. (laughs) Like, I now see it. I now understand what people were saying about Jimmy G not being as good. I get it. Because Brock looks like... I, I heard someone make a player comp to Drew Brees with Brock Purdy, and I'm like, I can see it. I can see it. I mean, it, like, it's definitely sticking out with, with the kind of quarterback play we've seen this year. Like, it, he's definitely, like, at the top of the top in, in quarterbacks in play this year because everybody else, everybody else is making him look good, too, like, with how bad people have been. 
Absolutely. It's not even a question, but 100% agree with you. No, McCaffrey should be the MVP. That dude's been unbelievable all season long. I mean, to have the touch, that, to have like the longest, tied for the longest streak in NFL history for having the having scored a touchdown or more in 17 straight games is, is unbelievable. Like the dude scoring three, four touchdowns a game is a joke. So honestly, he should win it, but I don't even care about that debate at that point. I just needed to get that off my chest because it's just, it's getting annoying at this point, honestly. Like, just give the guy respect, honestly. It's just, it's getting annoying now, but it's honestly whatever. So that's that. Final thoughts, B. No, man. It's just, this is where it gets exciting. Christmas time, we get, we get a whole lot of every week, every game has some playoff implications. That's what we're here for. Oh yeah, no question. And I know you're gonna be you're gonna be dialed into uh, Celtics Lakers before that Niners Ravens game on on Christmas uh, against the uh, against the in season tournament champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. The <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers. I can't even say that with a straight face. Nah, it's some bullshit. <laughs> it's not. But the but the Celtics are looking good though. Celtics are looking really good right now. Yep, yep. Just it don't matter till it's playoffs, man. Yeah, we got a long way to that. Long way to that. Um, but that'll do it from this episode of Baller Island. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Enjoy a loaded Christmas slate in the NFL and the NBA for that matter. And we got a lot more playoff picture talk next week before a massive New Year's slate in week 17. Lots to talk about then. And until then, enjoy the Christmas break. Enjoy the Christmas slate. And we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.